Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I'm your host. Um, yeah, this is it. This is our Christmas special, I think. Uh, we are on episode 234. I'm joined by uh, Posh Gooner, uh, Del, Capo, Dan, with the man with the flag, and old man Hilsey. Uh, Trev, how are you doing, mate? It's good to see you. Well, we'll see you in a second. Once it's yeah, finishes. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. <laughs> Here we are. Um, yeah, I'm all good, mate. If, if you're not happy as an Arsenal fan this week, when will you ever be happy as an Arsenal fan? You said it's a Christmas special, Fergus. Is this the last one before Christmas, then? We're not doing any more. We're not celebrating being top of the league every week from now until the end of December. Because it's well, something it's... to celebrate. Someone's put on social media this week, when can we start getting excited? Get excited now. We're top of the league. Enjoy it. It might not last. It might last. But be excited now. Brilliant football. Top of the league. Can't wait for tonight to talk about it. To be jolly. La 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 la. Don't be now Del, are you jolly? I'm always jolly. Um, the closer to Christmas it gets, a bit get a bit jollier as well. But uh, <laughs> a few weeks off the top, which will probably help with that. But yeah, I'm very good. Thanks, thanks for having me. Brilliant. And Dan, you were up at uh, Wolves. Um, right, Cap or Dan reporting? That's the Highbury squad thing. So that's, you know we can't. Oh, that's the Trev, is it? <laughs> for me, that's cool for Trev. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh See, yeah. That, that, that comment there. That's a. Uh, Cheap Seat Sarah's put that comment. <laughs> Sarah Millen and Mark, her husband, great friends of mine, great friends of mine. Mark is very helpful to me, and uh, I appreciate it very much. Love the pair of them. But she calls me corporate Trev, and I call her Cheap Seat Sarah, and we love each other. And corporate Trev, I take it you're on the chat tonight, so I'm not touching none of it. You, you, you just take care of it, okay? Uh, guys, uh, <laughs> Moroccan sunsets in in the house. Yeah. Um, so, listen w- briefly, briefly uh, before we start. Uh, this is episode two hundred and thirty-four. Um, tomorrow, actually, is the f- the the fifth birthday of this um, this uh, podcast. Five years old. Myself and Mike Congalves, who's uh, who's still in the background in, in some aspects. Um, done this on an audio podcast. We've done about eighty or ninety audio podcasts, which you can catch on all the the platforms, and then. Uh, there's been Steve, there's been Mike, there's been there's been loads and loads. Johnny, uh, they've all joined us, and then um, we, me and this guy, we paired up. <laughs> Trev, f- five years, and you've been part of it probably for the best part of four. Yeah, I, I joined when it was still audio, didn't I? It was uh, yes. It, strangely enough, I've never done anything like this before. I was so nervous that night waiting to come on. Johnny had. Uh, Asked me if I'd do it, and Johnny's a great lad. I love him dearly, and uh, so I came on. But I was very nervous, but and uh, but it's probably the best thing I've ever done at my age because I'm a grumpy old man, right? I, I know I am. Who's doing the comments tonight, in fact? Just asking. That will have to um, go up, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grumpy old man, and uh, sometimes I just get grumpy on here. But I love doing this. I I, I love doing it with Fergus. Me and you have become very close, haven't we, mate? You know, and. Uh, and, and and I think that helps us really. It really helps us to um, 
to do what we do. And then, of course, Dan joins us and and Del tonight. Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Yeah, we've got a good panel. And I think that's what I do like is that we we we, we change it around. Like Dan will be on some weeks with Alex and then Alex might be on with uh, a Big Tony. There's, there's probably a list of about 20 or 30, including yourself, Del, that come on. So it's... Um, it's really good, and 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 Sammy's right. He is really grumpy. He definitely is really grumpy. And you say, you say we talk. I I don't know if I talk to you more than my wife. Or see, it's definitely it's close. You see, the thing is, right when you get older, Fergus, I think you don't really get grumpy. You just don't suffer idiots anymore. You just tell the truth. That's what it is, mate. You know, just you get, get less, less tolerant, tolerant Trev. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm less tolerant. Yeah. Um, right, listen, um, Thursday night, was it Thursday? No, it was Wednesday night. Wednesday night, um, not on telly, not be able to uh, be streamed anywhere. So for some, it never even existed. Um, but Brighton, uh, we lost to Brighton in the League Cup. Um, we dominated for 50 to 60 minutes, and then we lost uh, 3-1. Uh, we could have uh, had an away day at Charlton Athletic, should we had got through. Adele, go to you first of all. Um, did you manage to catch any of the game? Because it was really hard. Um, uh, I don't know what game you're talking about. I think me and Dan are in uh, agreement. If nobody saw it, it didn't happen, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. that one. But to, to be honest, though, the reality is, I mean, um, yeah, we caught up. We probably all caught the same highlights via Twitter or various social media platforms. The reality is, is it a bad thing? I'm not sure it was. When you look at the next round as well, I think it's like three days after the World Cup. It's a distraction we could do without, truth be told. I know it's a trophy and I know some will disagree but what's more important at the minute? Not just top four, but potentially going for the league. Going back to what Trev said, when do you get excited? I'm still not quite there yet, mate. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm starting to come around. But uh, yeah, it's a distraction we could do without. So truth be told, am I first? Nah, not really. Dan, we chatted with myself, yourself and Luke uh, throughout the game. We had a good old giggle and a laugh. It was just like the three lads standing there. We watched a little bit of football from the North Bank. Um, yes, we would like like to have progressed. Yes, the away day at Charlton would have been absolutely brilliant. Probably difficult to get a ticket, but been absolutely brilliant. Um, what did you make of the performance that we had? Because you you were with with us in the stadium, so you got to see a little bit more than many. Yeah, um, look, I'm never going to celebrate us not winning a game because it's not what fans are about. I'm sort of with with Dell that who's the real winners. I think to not have those games on the schedule is um, a big plus after the. Uh, after the World Cup. And also, I'm, I'm sort of with one of those people that think there should be one domestic cup and that's the FA Cup. You know, the FA Cup is the historic English Cup. And for me, that should be the only cup. So let's let's take the positives from it that we've, you know, not need to play so many games in such a short space of time. But I thought the performance was okay. It was a very mixed team. You know, the only one that started that game from our normal 11 was, was Saliba. They played quite well for a lot of uh, a lot of the game. I think it, the only difference was who's clinical in both boxes. And um, whenever Brighton seemed to play Arsenal with whatever team they put out, they seem to score goals where they don't normally score. So uh, maybe it's just an Arsenal. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I think Hein in goal, um, and people will take the mick because I did say Heinz at the game. Um, but Hein Hein in goal uh, that slip. Which led to the penalty that just changed the game. The whole the whole game type is spun on on that moment, don't you think, Dan? Yeah, but look, that's a, that's a really good experience for the lad. If I'm totally honest, um, 
I remember the um, 7-5 game against Reading where Martinez was in goal, or Martinez, as, as Fergus likes to say. Um, but when Martinez was in goal, um, he had an awful game in that game. And then he came back and, uh, you know, you saw how, how good he did when he finally got into the team and had to run a game. So who knows? I, I'd say don't judge the uh, the young lad by one game, but he, he did look very shaky. And I think the, the whole of the defence saw that he was a bit shaky. Mm. Heath, thank you very much. I was expecting a comment. Um, Trev, we haven't won that cup um, since 1993. It was one that George Graham won. It would have been a nice one to have in the bag, a nice one for you know to, for Arteta to get under uh, under his belt as well. Um, just finishing up on the game because I want to talk more about the Wolves game and the more positive stuff. Um, what were your thoughts on? I'm sure you didn't get to see very much of the game, but what were your thoughts on just going out of the competition more than anything else? Yeah, just you're right, Fergus. That was the way I was heading, mate. It's the League Cup has never been friendly to Arsenal. We've won it a couple of times, but we've suffered some awful defeats in the League Cup that have embarrassed us a bit. But the fact of the matter is, I, I sort of agree with with Dell and, and Dan. I, well, actually, I do agree with them, but I don't like to see Arsenal losing. I'd like to see us go another round or two in the League Cup. Because I think that the players that play in the League Cup, it would have been some good game time for them, and it would have it would have helped us out in the long run. But if you're going to choose a cup to go out of and a game to lose, it's going to be the League Cup, and so that's done. We've gone with now. We we can forget it as Arsenal fans, and and I think that um, I think that um, I, I know we're going to move on to it, but I think the Wolves' performance shows the difference in what we've got and what we've got just behind them. So, yeah, I'd have loved to have seen us go another round or two in the League Cup because I think those players, it would have been nice to see those players play. But if you're going to choose a game to lose, lose them in the League Cup early round and, and let's get on and win something else. I agree, but you do raise a really good point, which we'll probably come on to afterwards, is the depth in squad because with the uh, the World Cup break and then we've got the January window coming, uh, the, 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 the squad we did see against Brighton and, and some of the games in the Europa League shows that we do need... Um, we do need just a bit more depth in that squad and need to go out and get a couple of, I don't want to upset the apple cart, but we do need a couple of strong players in there. Um, let's look at the Wolves game. Um, it was 7.45 on a Saturday night. Uh, you took the team bus, uh, not the team bus, the um, uh, supporters bus up there. Dan, how was that? A I'd dry bus, I take it. it? I would have had, loved to have had the, uh, the team bus. The team bus. It was actually really good, to be honest with you. I, I'd normally... I've only the second time I've ever got it, but um, managed to, let's say, adapt some Pepsi uh, bottles to uh, make something a little bit more travel-friendly for fans, let's say, on the way down there. Um, but no, a few people that I bumped into and met on the on the coach and just meant chatting to more Arsenal fans, really. So we was all watching the, the City game on the way down there, which was great. That obviously gave everyone a big, big buzz on the way down there. And apart from the last sort of, few minutes of the Spurs game was also great on the way down there while they were losing. So great atmosphere. And I think it really got people going for the game, if I'm honest. Mm, mm. Del, on, on that one, just very briefly on the Spurs game, that first goal should never have been allowed, should it? In the Spurs game? Watch. Yeah, in the Spurs game. Uh, uh, move Why on didn't you talk about that on here? No, no, oh, no. It was Yeah, it was the foul on the keeper. That was all. That was all. Was oh, all yeah, God. Yeah, that was a foul all day long. Yeah. We, we don't want to talk. Yeah. We don't want to mention them on either, do we? Move, move, move on. Wash your mouth out, Fergus, with big soap. Wash it out. Please. I'll leave it to you, yeah? yeah. <laughs> no, that was a foul. No. That, was, that, that was a definite foul. You, yeah, Fergus, you're gone, son. You're done. 
I'll leave you. You got the script. Away yeah. you go. <laughs> um, so, listen, we started the first half in that Leeds game. Uh, what did you think of the lineups? Did we bring up the lineups? Uh, Leeds, when did we play Leeds? Did I say Leeds? Uh, Wolves, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, the Wolves game. Sorry, that's because, yeah, because uh, I went off, off, <laughs> off. I went off this. I, if I stick to this, I'm fine. But I went off, I went off tangent, and that, that's what that's, went that's wrong. <laughs> uh, so we had Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Party, Granite Shaka. We'll talk about in a few minutes. Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus. Uh, Dale, what did you make the lineup? Same lineup? Good lineup? About strong strong lineup? as it gets, isn't it? It's about as yeah. strong as it gets. I mean, if you're picking a starting 11, I think you'd go with that. Um, yeah, can't really argue at all. Um, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll touch on a bit, surely, no doubt. But the squad depth, um, some of the changes that happened and uh, obviously the, the the injury or the illness to Jack, whatever it was. But as far as the starting 11 goes, you can't ask for anything better, really. And listen, we scored in 29 consecutive games against Wolves. This was leading into this game. Um, so, you know, we've got to be end up 30. If, if as we know, the result went, uh, we end up scoring in 30 consecutive goals against Wolves. You mentioned uh, Shaka. Um, uh, Shaka came down with an illness and substituted about 15 minutes. Um, Del, I'll talk to you on that on that one first, and then I'll find out how it was in the stadium. So, uh, Del, what did you make of it? It was it was very. You would have thought he would have felt that before he went on the pitch and said something, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, I don't. Know, I was just reading Andy's comment there. Andy, I'm, 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 you can come have a beer with us anytime, mate. I'll look after you. Don't worry. But. Uh, yeah, in relation to um, <laughs> uh, Jack, I mean, if he was, I don't know, I don't think he's the sort of person to say that he's not right if he's not right. I mean, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I mean, I think he's he's becoming Arsenal through and through if he's not already. I mean, I think he would have said something. So maybe it's one of those things that either him or the club knew about and thought they could get through it and they couldn't and force the early change. But yeah, it's a strange one. Strange one for me. I, I, was, I was a bit concerned when he went off, truth be told, because Molyneux uh, is a tough place to go. Um mm. So, uh, especially obviously with recent history with, with with Wolves, so I was I was hoping we could keep that that start starting eleven, but it just wasn't to be. Uh, Dan, how did it travel across the ground, uh, like in the stadium? There, what were people's thoughts? Were they were they a bit perplexed at why you were down so soon and why you came off so early? Yeah, it didn't look right from the start. To be honest with you, we um, obviously went down fairly early on. I can't remember what minute it was, but um, everyone looked at him and just said, "He looks like he's going to be sick," and. Um, after a while, I guess he carried on for quite a quite a while after he first went down. Did Fifteen and, uh, minutes. Yeah, I thought he looked okay, and then all of a sudden he went to the bench and said, "I've, I've got to come off." So um, fair play to him, though. I think he, he obviously gave his, his best shot, and um, takes a lot for a player to say, "No, I, you know, I can't continue and, and do what's best for the team." And if you can't, you know, give your all, then you need to come off. So um, the lad needs a break, I think, after what he's given so far, first half of the season. So. And you even sung a song again, so you know that's probably what turned his stomach. So. Probably was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Trev, uh, Shaka's illness, um, and then Jesus's offside goal. Let's let's talk about Shaka's illness. What's what was your thoughts on it? Four other players apparently had got gone down with some sort of bug. Uh, Arteta said after yeah. the game. Um, I'm right with what the boy said. I was really worried when he went off because he's been that important for us. Hasn't he? And 
and we all know that when we played at Wolves last year, it was a really hard game, really hard game. And when he when he went and Vieira came on, who I think is going to be a great player, but I'm not sure if he's quite ready for Premier League yet. So I was concerned. I was concerned, but I shouldn't have been really, should I? Because we stood up to it well and uh, it's it, 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 it's worrying. I, I hope he's all right, um, Xhaka, because he's... A, you, you, said, you sent me a WhatsApp at that point and you said uh, we should have taken... Uh, button Tierney on uh, rather than button um, Vieira on and pushed Zinchenko into the midfield. Yeah, well, that was just a thought I had. I, I, for, in my head, I wondered if, because I, I worry a little bit about Vieira, and that's not having a go at him personally. He's very new to the league and he's only a young lad. And and, and with it being Wolves, I was just thought to myself, could we have put, pushed Zinchenko at the park and brought Tierney on at left back, you know? Um but I'm not the manager. The manager did what he did and uh, it worked, didn't it? No complaints from me, none whatsoever. Can mm. I just add to that, Trevor? It's funny you mentioned about that Zinchenko in, into the middle and uh, in, in Tierney at left back. We discussed the same thing, like uh, me and my pals when watching the game. And one of the things that I said I wasn't convinced with was that Zinchenko's 100% yet. And Wolves are quite a physical side. Uh, especially in the middle of the park. So to push him back into the middle so soon against the physical side, I think was the right call. Um, uh, so it was, it was it was a good call for debate. And it's interesting to see that you guys have the same conversation. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was on quite a few WhatsApp groups. Everyone everyone had sort of the same thoughts of pushing him up and bringing KT on. Uh, and I think my fear with bringing Vieira on in, in that one is that he's for the all the very same reasons that you talked about, the f- physicality of Wolves. Uh, they're quite a big side, and I thought Vieira was quite slight in that. Um, Do you know what, Ferg? Ferg, just let me keep Wolves in your head because I'm just gonna just gonna drift. But we've already spoken about it just for ten seconds. We speak about what backup we've got behind our front first team squad, and and you know the defence don't worry me. We could have brought on you know Tommy Asu's injured, but Tommy Asu, Holding, Tierney. We've got great backup in defence. We don't need any more defenders. I mean, I I trust Holding as a backup defender above anyone else I can think of in the league, you know? So, yeah, it's just worth saying that when we're talking about the defenders, Fergus. But let's carry on with Wolves, mate. Yeah. Um, Dan, uh, Jesus had an offside goal. I think it's a shame because he, he really does need uh, a goal just to to lift the weight off his shoulders. And, and, and from to, I think if he gets that one goal, because he... We we talked last week about and and the week before and the week before about the amount of work he does off the ball and the amount of uh, team participation the guy does. The guy is absolutely fantastic player and and you know outstanding professional. But I do think for that position at being a number nine, um, he does need a goal, don't you think? Do you know what? No, in all fairness, I think I've got no worries about him whatsoever. I, I think the goals and assists throughout this team now are so spread out and we've got such a big threat all over the pitch that if one player doesn't perform for a while in terms of scoring goals, it doesn't really affect the team because every single player in that starting 11 puts in, for me, an average or above performance every single week. So I think it will come. I, 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 no no issue with me for him whatsoever. And I think also the same with um, same with Vieira. I think he really grew into that game and I think his second-half performance is very underrated. Um, but Jesus gives everything for that team and he epitomises how we press from the front and he, he makes everyone around him better. So sometimes you need players like that in the squad. Dale, do note, we need... Go on, go, go, go. 
I'll just say on, on that same note there, like you say, Jesus' work rate, you quite often see him as one of the last men back defending corners and et cetera yeah. as well, because he has got the energy to get straight up there. And defending it's from good. the front is so important in this league. So, so important. So for, he's he's winning crucial headers. His work rate is second to none. The goals are top mm. player. Of course it will, without a doubt. Look, look, look at some of the recent chances he's had, right? He hit the bar against Wolves, I think, didn't he, uh, the other day. He had the diving header, which was widely criticised, saying he should have put that away. Hang on a second. When someone's coming on a diving header, how many people should always put a diving header away when you're running onto it? The chances are there. He's not short of confidence. The goals will come. I am not concerned at all. Oh, yeah. Ferg, you can, you, with, with Jesus, right, I think you can draw a direct comparison with last season, right? Last season, now, our strikers weren't scoring and we thought it was losing us games, right? We, we weren't scoring enough goals. We were losing games. This season, we've got a striker that's gone a few games without scoring. But I honestly think if Jesus don't play against Wolves, we don't win a game. It was that good. He was that influential. It, it really did change the game. And, 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 and Dal's exactly right. From the back, it gets back in the important situation, defends great, breaks quickly, puts pressure on defenders, and wins the ball high up the field, right? That's so important. Jesus wins the ball high up the field. He's a massive influence. And I honestly think without Jesus, we might have struggled to beat Wolves at the weekend, even though he didn't score. So ask me, answer me this one then, Trev. So, okay, I agree with what you've all said about Jesus, about how much he, do, he does uh, around the pitch and how much he gets involved around the pitch. But Trevor, do we need an out-and-out number nine that's going to get us 20, 25 goals a season? Well, do you know what, folk? It's funny because I was thinking about that this afternoon when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, and and I, I, I'm undecided, so the lads can comment, you know. But I was thinking, if we had an out-and-out goal scorer playing alongside Jesus, does that improve our team? Or does that crowd us too much up front? Are we happy with what we've got? I personally think that in the transfer window, I'd like to see us sign a striker as, long as, a mid, as well as a midfielder. Hmm. Would we plan out and out striker alongside Jesus? I don't know, folks. I don't know. I'm just putting things Probably out. Here. It's an option. Is on, if, you, if you do play another striker, let's. I've seen someone in the comments say, Ivan Tony. I'm a big fan of Ivan Tony. I like the guy. I think he's unlucky not to be going to the World Cup. If you do get an out and out striker who's going to get back how many, many goals a season, right? Who do you drop? If he's if he's to play alongside Jesus, you drop in Martinelli or Saka, who have arguably yeah. been two of our best players this season. So you don't necessarily I, I have to drop. You don't. Uh, what he said. You don't necessarily need to drop him. We need a, a good option to bring onto the bench when you've got one of those like uh, teams that have got a, a real defensive block, or you got a, a tall team. Our, our, our team is okay. It's bigger than it was under Wenger the end of the Wenger area, but it's still a small team from the midfield forward. And it, it would be good just to have like a target man that you can send the ball up to, Dale. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I still stand by the fact that, um, I mean, I, I might come back to tweet me words, but I, I do believe Jesus will come good. And I think this conversation may, we look back on it in, in eight to ten weeks and go, what we, what we worried about, we've seen what we can do. Look at the start of the season. The pundits are like, fans, everyone was raving, is a sign of the season. Nothing's changed. His work rate hasn't changed. The only thing that's dried up a little bit is his goals. But in that time, I think he's had three or four man of the match results and about seven assists. I don't think goals are a concern. I really don't. The reason being is when you look at it, we've got the second best goal difference in the league behind Man City. Bear in mind, this is free scoring Man City with Erling Haaland and, and God knows what else around them. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm really not concerned. You're right. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm dynamic. Dan, you can come in on this one now. I'm, I'm not concerned about 
Jesus. I think Jesus is having a great season and doing really, really well. I'm just saying, you know, one, it would be good for him to get a goal, but Dan says, no, he's not concerned either in that area. But I just think, would a proper striker that Trev said, getting a backup striker, would that, would that be a good idea? I, th- I think you're all right, in all fairness, because um, the reason I'm not worried about Jesus one is because of what he brings to the team but I'm also not worried about him because I genuinely think he will still get 20 goals as a minimum in all competitions this season so the goals will come from him I've got no worries there we absolutely need another option off the bench because for me Nketiah is so similar but not quite as good as Jesus that we need another option and this is that when at the moment we're we're playing sort of low crosses cutting back to the penalty spot for people to to score when we start to really need to go and put the ball into the box. We need someone that can be a little bit more physical, can play and pin a defender a little bit like, you know, if you're playing, um, you know, generally the teams in the bottom sort of five of the league where they'll sit on a low block and will just head everything away that comes into the box. You need a guy that can that can offer something different and that a Jesus, Erdegaard, Jacker, et cetera, centrally can play off of. Um, but again, I think if... If someone out there is available, I, I sort of trust that the board will go and get them with, with what they've done. And I think they've earned that right to be trusted in the, in the window that if something that we need comes available, they'll go and get it. Mm, no. And listen, I don't think the likes of Ivan Tony or any other are going to come in January to us just yet. I think that would probably be next season. It'll probably be somebody, if anybody, I think it'd be somebody from one of the overseas leagues. Let's get back to the game itself. So... Um, Wolves had a penalty claim uh, and when you look at the replays Trev um, it's a good shout for a penalty but the offside flag went up and that actually saved us Yeah Sky TV were all over it Gary Neville was relentless about it and it was boring Yeah there's a case for a penalty but as we've seen this season there's no consistency some are given some ain't in that occasion it weren't given no one can, can get upset about it because next week, one will be given and probably balance it up, you know. So, I'm not concerned about it not being given. Um, it it could have been, could have been, but it wasn't. Move on, you know. It wasn't, I'm going to talk about it later, actually. It wasn't a, a case of cheating in any way, shape or form. It was a coming together and the ref saw it, Harry saw it, and that was it. Done with. Um, anybody else have a different view on, on, on that penalty claim? Yeah, I mean, if I'm totally honest... I think if play continues and your side flag doesn't go up, that's a stonewall penalty. Um, I'm very, very happy that it wasn't. Obviously, there's an Arsenal fan, but that is a fundamental issue with VAR. And I was watching, um, I can't remember I was watching it now, but because the flag went up, the ref never actually gave an opinion on the penalty. So because the ref didn't actually say, yes, it is or isn't a penalty, VAR couldn't intervene and say there's a, an error been made. And they yeah. said, player stop play at that point because the flag's gone up the ref has said it's offside stop play and anything that happens after he stops play physically when he's blown his whistle can't be looked at for VAR so I think it's also a joke about it's also a joke about let the ball play after the 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 offside flag goes up they did draw the lines on VAR for the offside and because the offside was valid that's why they couldn't go and look at the penalty decision because the first call by the ref was was correct um Dale, what did you make of uh, Galib, uh, Galiba, Saliba and Gabriel? Um, what did you make of their performance? Personally, I watched it and I thought at times they looked a bit shaky. Saliba came on stuck yeah, a couple I, of times. I'd agree with that, but 
I've got, again, I'm call me Mr. Positive tonight, but I just think that they've they've been solid. I mean, Gabriel divides opinion. I, I really like the guy. I think he's he's superb with uh, Saliba at the back uh, or Galiba, if you want to call him that. But um, uh, I think for Saliba, I mean, that, that for me highlights. I didn't think Saliba had a bad game. I just didn't think he was his usual self. Um, if, he's, again, he's been absolutely solid this season, absolutely superb. If we'd have lost the game or dropped points, then maybe we'd be having a different conversation saying, OK, well, he was off the pace, etc. But he did what he needed to do. And yes, there was a couple of mistakes, but come to expect that from all players in, 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 in every game. So um, no, no issues at all there. Galiba. <laughs> I could I could I could see him over there <laughs> laughing away. <laughs> um right, so second half, Martinelli, uh his his movement, everything else, the the the, the team. I, I don't know if there was this last game before World Cup syndrome, late kickoff, a little bit of I'm low to use the word complacency, but because they were top for Christmas and everything else, was there an element of that running through? And maybe the, the, the fact that Shaka went off, some other players might have been feeling 100% as well for that reason. But we just seemed like not at 100% in the first half. And in the second half, they came out in Saliba in particular, Trev. His, his movement really, really, really changed. Yeah, I, I, it'd be bad if we agreed all night, Fergal, wouldn't it? I, I thought we played all right first half. I thought we just settled into an away game at a tough place and and and, and played our game and made sure we didn't we didn't um, give a goal away and then second half we picked it up and you're right the the movement up front and do you know what I love the fact that we've got so many players now that can get in the box into that little area between the penalty spot and the 18 yard line you know and score goals Odegaard did it at the weekend Jack has been doing it regularly. When he comes back, Smith Rowe does it for fun. He finds that yard of space in the box. And that ties in nicely as to why if we've got Jesus working hard and cutting that ball back, nine times out of ten, there's going to be someone on the end of it. So I don't necessarily agree with the first half focus, but second half, we actually did pick it up and we looked a real quality side of all. We, you know, all over the park, we just looked like we we looked like a team that could win the league, I thought. I know I'm going to get shouted down for that, for getting ahead of myself. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. Well, it's been a long wait, you know. It's been a long wait for us to be top of the league. And we need to enjoy it. And we need to think positively and think that we're going to go on and do great things this season. So, And if we perform like we did second half, that will do for me the rest of the season. I thought we were very good, Fergus. Mm. Dan, the atmosphere in the ground also picked up. Not that the, the, the away fans were were slacking at all in the first half. In the second half, as they saw the team performance increase... The volume just increased and increased and increased. Occasionally you hear a bit of Wolves, but it was all the Arsenal on the telly. Yeah, I mean, look, Wolves had sort of the opening five minutes, they made a little bit of noise and then that was it really from them. Um, they always do at the start and there wasn't really much else from them. But um, I think just back to your point, Trev, and getting ahead of yourself. First time I've heard in the stands, not from a couple of people, but from an awful lot of fans in the stands singing, now you're going to believe us, we're going to win the league. And genuinely, that starting eleven for me, if that starting eleven stays fit for every single game this season, I'm telling you, we win the league because I genuinely think they're they're good enough. And even the squad members that can come in and out of this team, I think we can we can do it. And I think that one or two, if we get them in, I think we will win the league. 
I don't think it's a case of we can. I think we will. And I, I genuinely have so much more belief in this team now than, than we've ever had. And I think it wasn't a lacklustre display. For me, it was a controlled display from a team at the top of the league that knows that eventually their, their quality and skill will shine through. And I think that's exactly what happened. I, I love it. I love that, Ferg. What Dan's just said there, coming from a young lad, an old and like me listening to it, that's exactly the way it should be. That's the way we should be looking at it, Dan. Enjoy it and think we're going to win the league. We're right up there. We're right up there. And uh, let's think we're going to win it. And if we perform, you're right, mate. If we perform like we did second half against Wolves and we don't lose too many players, I think we can afford to lose one or two at times. We're going to be right in with a shout, right in with a shout. And Smudger, I know it's you from Newcastle, mate. I know it's you from Newcastle, Smudge. <laughs> Absolutely. It's only one Andy Smith, isn't it? <laughs> Top man, are you, are you sure you're actually the guy from Newcastle, or have you just done what I did in Leeds? You what, mate? Are you sure it is the one from Newcastle, or is it? Have you just done what I did in Leeds? Hello, Steve. <laughs> Smudge. Smudge has got the best Arsenal tattoo on the planet. I'll get it up and show a picture next podcast. Cracking tattoo of the Arsenal, Smudge. He's a lovely lad. I love him. Think the world of him and his missus. Great people. But let's get back to this game because it's great listening to what Dan said. What I'd be interested to see what that. How are you feeling now, Dan? What's your head saying, mate? Um, I just like the way we're we're not crumbling. There's been certain results this season which uh, which we'd have caved beforehand. I mean, Wolves being one of them. I mean, uh, we could have quite easily gone a goal down there. And you look at the Leeds game, the second half of that Leeds game. Their games in the past, we'd have dropped points on. A hundred percent. There's been two or three of them this season. And I think I like the way that they don't panic, even at nil nil. If it's like if it's nil nil late on, nobody panics. Everyone's uh, everyone's on top of everybody. Everyone's supporting everyone. But I like the way they critique each other as well. I, mean, I see one of the comments saying that um, uh, Ramsdale when he jumped on Zinchenko, they're, they're learning from these. They're still a young squad. They're helping each other out. They're then they're not panicking. And I like that. And for a young squad, I think that's quite rare. We're, we're learning from our mistakes. Yes, we're making them. Of course we are. But we're we're calm, we're collected, we're we're not panicking, and I think that's reflecting off the pitch as well, not just on the pitch. But look at the positivity tonight. Look at the positivity in the stands. Dan saying it's November and we're, we're we're singing about winning the league. You'd have never seen this over the last ten years, but it's it's, it's, it's it, I love it at the minute. I'm absolutely loving it. Although we wouldn't have played this many games normally in November at this time of the year. So we are slight, fast forwarded slightly to about mid-December in, in games. But I, I do agree. I'm I, When people are asking me and, and and people are saying to me, said, oh, it looks like Arsenal are going to win the league. I said, oh, just calm down, calm down, calm down. I said, we're doing really well. We'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, I do think the lack of depth um, in squad, which we've been talking about virtually the, 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 the whole uh, podcast, May come back to bite us in the arse, especially when you've got the Europa League and the FA Cup. So, but you know, a, a little sprinkle of magic dust um, uh, in January, and away we go. Away we go. Um, let's talk about Vieira's assist for Odegaard's goal. Uh, Trevor, um, we talked about Vieira. You sent me that text, and you would have rathered that maybe it was Tierney, as I said, coming on. But the guy put in a couple of those crosses. And he gets the assist for the for the Odegaard goal. Yeah, well, just like we said that the, the game we improved as a team into the second half. Vieira grew into the game. He was on the pitch early once in, and, he and, and showed that he's a young lad. He, he grew from when he came on. 
when he got subbed off again, he was he had he'd had a massive influence on the game. And you, as I said earlier, I'm not having a go at him. I'm not faulting his performance. What I said was I was a bit worried when he came on as to whether he had it about him to 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 come straight into that atmosphere and that kind of game. And he he did. He, he grew into it. And by the by the time he went off, he'd had a cracking a good game. So no problem with him whatsoever. No problem with him whatsoever. I just, Fergus, you just can't say, mate, that we lack depth in the squad. We lack depth in, in a certain area. But as I said, yes. now, I wouldn't change our defence and our defensive backup for no one, right? If Honestly, and... and I, 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 I think we, I think we lack depth in, in the goalkeeper. I, I think we lack, we lack depth in the midfield. And I think, as you said, I'd like, and we discussed, I'd like a striker, uh, another option of a striker. We've had the Turner. We've had the Turner argument, haven't we? You know what I mean. I think Turner's, Turner's done all right in, in every game he's played. He's done all we've asked of him, and he can't do any more. A defence with the backup is great. I honestly wouldn't get upset if Tommy Yasu played in front of Zinchenko the way he's been playing. I know that's a big statement, and you can take it either way. But has Tommy Yasu ever let us down? I can't remember him making a mistake. And he's brilliant Not in the air and time on the ball. So, and then midfield, yes, Fergus. But if we've got Vieira improving like he is, right? And then Nelson, who, who I don't think will ever be a top-class player, God bless him, can come in and score two goals in a game. We're not that badly off in midfield, although I would like to see us sign a defensive-type midfielder and a striker in January. Just those two would do me. Uh, uh... Dan, anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I actually think Nelson will be a better player than Ketia. Um, of the stronger, of the I think he's got more about him. He's more of a skillful flair player that I think, given a, a run of games and a bit of confidence, will will do him wonders. But I'm very reluctant to criticise now too many of the the players in and around the squad because I, I sort of agree with you on the Matt Turner thing. But I had a similar opinion that I wasn't sure with Tommy Asin when he came in and he's proved me wrong. Granite Jack has proved us wrong. Definitely proved me wrong. I don't know about others, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were questioning Partey and I think he's he's shown to, to the fans how important he is. And I, I just really do trust the board now that they'll get it right. So they, they will see what we need and I think they'll bring it in if it's available. And what I'm very happy they will do is if they can't find the right player, I don't think they'll panic. And I don't think they will just bring in someone that, like we've had in the past, that we can't get off the books and just a number in the squad that doesn't really bring much to them. So I think it will come. Um, for me, I think a striker is important, but so is a central midfielder. And if we can also get a quality winger in a quality winger that can play both sides. Um, but if we didn't get all of those, I don't think I'd panic. That'll never, no, happen, um... again. That'll never happen again. I don't think we will ever sign a player that we know deep in our hearts when we sign him isn't going to improve our club. We've done it too many times. We've got lumbered with too many people. And last January, when everybody, was, including me, was getting the ump because we didn't sign anyone, if you look at it now, looking back, Arteta did, for me, exactly the right thing. If, if a player isn't available that's going to improve our squad, then don't buy one just for the sake of it. Go with what you've got. Dale, there's a couple of comments in. There's a couple Sorry, of comments in there, and then add, add to what you, you've got to say. But uh, if you can remark on what Arnie and um, 
uh, Karen have both said about the fans, but the 12th man has got to be, especially our away fans, like the home atmosphere has improved immensely, but the away fans have been outstanding. Go make your point as well. No, I was starting at that point as the away fans, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, very, very often, I mean, I, I, I can't make away games. I could have made uh, Wolves, actually, strangely, but uh, it was a bit of a last-minute thing, so I, I couldn't in the end. But I, I just think the, the, those fans, I mean, we hear the, the, the phrase the 12th man all the time, um, and, and I do think they've made a massive difference. But just wanted to touch on a minute ago, we, 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 there was a couple of names we mentioned in, in Nelson and in Ketia. Um the reality is, I don't want to, as Dan said, I don't want to have too, too much negativity around the team. But we signed Enketia up to a new contract based on two or three good performances towards the end of last season. Reese Nelson's had one good game. The reality is they've both been there for a long time, haven't done anything. And just for me, they're, they're not good enough. Um, when you look at what we're building, if you had to pick a weak link, they are certainly the two weak links. Forget the, forget the two goals from, from Nelson recently. He just simply doesn't do enough. I, I think the comment about him being a championship player is a bit harsh, um, but I don't think he's a Champions League player uh, is the reality. And I think that goes with Enketia as well. That's a fair comment, actually. Uh, um, not a Champions League player because you wouldn't see him at Real Madrid. You wouldn't see him at you know, uh, at PSG or somewhere like that. And they wouldn't even be interested even looking at the guy. Um, Nelson has not had enough experience at a loan out in Germany, I think. And that didn't go that way. Was it Germany or Holland? Um, Holland, yeah. Holland. And I don't think that went fantastically. Um, I don't so, know if anybody heard... Can I come back on that very, very quickly on that? I, I sort of agree that they're maybe not at the quality that we need, but I, I do think it's very important in our club that we show our young Halen lads that there is a route into this first team potentially and that they will get the opportunity because given the opportunity and they don't perform fine, I think you can get rid of them and move them on. But if you don't give them the chance in the first place, you're going to end up with like Hutchinson that went to Chelsea and you're going to start to lose an awful lot of talent. So you have to give them that chance. And if they don't take it, then that's down to them. But if they don't get the chance and obviously they do have reason to, to feel grieved. I agree, Dan, but how many chances do these people need? I mean, it's, it's not like they've only been here six months or so. These guys have been here for for several years. And I, I get what you're saying. I completely understand and I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, no, um, I don't think Eddie's good enough. We're now. We're rushing to the next level, aren't we? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Eddie's good enough. But do you really think he's... What has he done wrong when he's come into this first team? Because when he's had a run of games, he's scored goals. I think we can clearly see he hasn't got enough quality. You can see, you can see, you can see his head drops. You can see his head drops and he... He he looks like he needs to bulk up a little bit more. Um, when he's on, when he's when he's in the right frame of mind, and when he's on form, he looks like such a natural player that that could like be a bit of a poacher in the box. But more times than not, it looks like he goes, oh, and he's chucking his toy, not chucking his toy, but he just doesn't look like he's at he's at the races properly. And for me, I'm sorry if you're given that opportunity, like you've all said, he's come from Hayland, he's been got through how many hundreds or thousand young lads that have gone through the academy to get that far he knows more than anybody what it's about he should be he should he should be coming along and t- telling everybody else jesus etc no this is this is awesome look at saka Saka's a perfect example that that kid would walk through walls for arsenal football club i don't think eddie and get here would personally well, listen right it's interesting the points you make right you, what you got to remember is that Eddie and Nelson are older than Saka and Smith Rowe, right? 
Smith Rowe mm. and Saka have come through from Howland after the other two and have shown that they are real prospects. And I sort of feel Eddie, Eddie when Eddie plays, I don't know about you boys, he runs his socks off for that football club. He really runs his socks off for that football club. But is he going to be good enough? I don't think he is. And if Eddie's listening, I really apologise because I can see his heart and soul is in what he does. As for Nelson, Nelson's had plenty of chances. He's been out on loan and uh, he's been around the club a long time. You know, he's, a, he's older than Saka and Smithrow. And uh, he's not going to be good enough, I don't think. And once again, apologies to to Reese Nelson. You can see he loves the club and wants to play, but I don't think either of them are going to be quite good enough. And if we if we can sign better, we need to sign better. And why hasn't Balogun been the chance? Yeah, I've, I've said that for years. I've, I've yeah. liked Balogun for a long time. I, I just think if we're looking to propel ourselves to that next level, you need players who have the ability to take to take you to that next level. Um, I just don't think certain players have. But going back to Balogun, I, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that he comes back at the end of next season and, and solves that issue because I think the lad's got bags of talent. Well, uh, what I'm what I'm hoping is he comes back and replaces Eddie. Uh, Eddie, who we got on a contract, we can ha- has a value and we, we we can give him the career that he wants elsewhere. And, and, and that's not being disrespectful to him. I'm just you know saying as is. Um, did you hear any of this, Dan, at the at the ground? When Aaron Ramsdale went down, when he got hit in the um, in the throat, um, there was Wolves fans saying, "Leave him die." Did you hear any of that? Uh, no, to be fair, as, as, apart from when you wrote it on the the sheet before coming on today, I didn't actually know that that had happened. Um, as soon as he hit the deck, Arsenal fans started singing "England's Number One," so that's all I heard. Thankfully, Are you okay. sure that was what was said, Fergus, because it's it's massive that really. I've, ser- I've searched for video and audio and I've not found any. It was it was something that somebody made a comment at on, on Twitter. So I, I wanted to ask Dan and we'll move on and not go on. Any at the moment, it didn't happen as far as we're concerned until yeah. someone changes differently. Yeah, 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 fine. Listen, Arsenal, Arsenal are the only side to score in every Premier League game this season. Uh, we're five points clear. But the most important thing, and I think uh, Dale mentioned earlier as well, is the goal difference. We've clawed back a huge goal deficit against Man City and we're now only four goals away from Man City. And when we beat them 2-0, that, you know, that wipes out that goal difference instantly. So, you know, that's that's that's, that's fine. We're top at Christmas, you know, top at Christmas. I do like that. I do like that. And listen, um, the, the media is starting to get worried. The media are definitely starting to get worried about, about us. And the fans after the game, and Dan, you'll be able to talk about this. I'll just go to play this video for a minute. It goes on for five minutes, so we'll carry on talking. I'll turn the volume down and it'll go on in, in the background. But this is the fans after the game leave a Molyneux. It's massive, right? It's massive, this. Because as someone who's been up until this season, who's been to nearly every away game for the last few years, that wasn't happening. That wasn't happening. We were falling out of grounds. Even after we've had a bit of a win, we were still falling out of grounds with our heads down. 
We had no interaction from the players that were at Arsenal at the time. I'm not going to name any names because we all know, right, that before we got the squad we got now, we had players that weren't interacting with the fans. They'd just walk off the pitch after a game. No appreciation of what the fans had been there and done and the miles they'd travelled at different hours of the day, sometimes really bad hours. And so the Arsenal fans are not going to react to that. But as, as I've said before, and I'll say it again because it really applies now, right? This These fans doing this, right? That's because the players are playing well and the players are interacting and the players are are, um, are, are really doing it for the fans. And of course, the players doing that lifts the fans. And then you get like this yo-yo, the fans lift, the players lift, the fans lift, the players lift, the fans lift. And before you know it, you've got what we've got now, right? We've got what we've got now and we're top of the league. There's no reason why we can't stay there. Sorry, Arnie Elsh. Sorry, Arnie, I'm much apologies to you, Arnie Elsh. Arnie, Arnie, this goes on for five minutes. If we... <laughs> so the idea is I've briefed the guys beforehand. I'm going to play this. We'll turn the volume down and we'll talk about it because this is huge. This is absolutely huge. Dan, you're in there somewhere. Yeah, to be fair, it started, I was up the other end coming out. So I heard it for a good two, three minutes on the way out and we were seeing and even when we got out into the road, it continued. Um, the police had to pretty much get the Arsenal fans out of the uh, out of the road because we were stopping Wolves fans in their cars and just singing in front of them. It was uh, it was it was great. Look, but that's exactly what it should be when you're not only top, but five points clear at the top. You know, we're not just top. I saw a stat before um, coming on here where it said that was Man City's best start to a season for five years. It was Tottenham's best start to a season ever. And we're still five points clear of that. That shows the level that we've been at from game one to game 14. Well, I've actually got that stat. So we're five points ahead of uh, City, seven points ahead of Newcastle, eight points ahead of Spurs, 14 points ahead of Man United, 15 points ahead of Liverpool, 16 points ahead of Chelsea, 23 points ahead of West Ham. Our best ever start to a season in 135 years and a partridge in a pear tree. Since we're doing the Christmas theme. <laughs> what did you say? I'll set her out. Go on. Looking at those away fans there, right? Whether people like it or not, our away fans are what people think Liverpool's away fans are. The, the, the cop is a load of absolute nonsense. If you've ever been to Anfield, which I'm sure you probably have, they're, they're, they sing one song at the start of the ground and then they're, they're just a bang average fan base. Our away fans now are by far the best in the country. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Trev, you, you remember when you went up for the League Cup final and you said the, the Tannoy system was louder than... That was, than it was the League uh, Cup semi-final and, and so, last yeah. season we went up there and because uh, it's the League Cup we had a big allocation. We had the whole of the end at Liverpool and when they were playing... Um, you'll never walk alone at the start of the game. What they do is they put the microphones and the tannoys right up, right? And it's really loud. And if you, if there's a clip of that, right? And if you listen to the clip of it, when they're playing right at his loudest, you can still hear the Arsenal fans, even the big Arsenal, Arsenal. That, Dow's nailed it. He's nailed it. We are probably the best away fans in the league at the moment. And, well, even home fans, we're the best fans. Look at them, you know? And that's because the players have finally given us something to get excited about. And of course, because we're like this, it lifts the players, as I've just said. Wonderful, wonderful. Just got to keep it going now. 
So, um, the media is starting to worry about us, Trev. On Twitter. Oh, it's hilarious. Sport. It's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, Danny O'Hara posted on uh, Twitter yesterday, laughing faces. If Arsenal win the league, I'll move to the moon. Well, Jamie, don't worry about us winning the league, son. If you want to move to the moon, I'll happily insert the rocket and off you go. We ain't got to win the league for it, you know. It's, um, they are. They're really worried, really worried about us. And it's wonderful to see because we we are unpopular. Uh, I, I responded to Jamie Harrell's tweet by uh, copying in Richard Branson and saying, can he start Can he start the rocket ship now? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, listen. That I'm, I'm going to take that off. That that's not. That's nearly ran. That's five minutes twenty six seconds. It's ran. That is just outside. And look, it's not stopping. As Dan said, it carries on onto the street, uh, on the trains, on the buses. What was the bus like on the way back, Dan? I mean, we were singing outside before we got on it. So uh, I did try to be a bit more respectful on the coach and not be shouting in people's ears because uh, I know I have a tendency to do that. But no, get, even that's coming usual for you. I know, I know. I'm quite a considerate lad, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I it was just great atmosphere. And even the way home, everyone was just just chatting about Arsenal. It was great. You know, you don't have to be even singing loud to to, to enjoy it. Just discussing how good it feels to be top of the league and, and how good it feels to actually really get to the first milestone. You know, this is, this is where I was looking at the start of the season to say, see where we get at this stage, see where we are, and then reassess. And we, we've got here you know, so far in advance of the rest of the, the league. Well, if we go back and think about the start of the season and we went five games and we were unbeaten after five games, uh, I, I, it was five games, I think. Well, I, don't, I can't remember when the Man United game was, but leading up to the United game. Uh, and we went in at the end of September and, and everyone's gone, you haven't beaten anybody yet. And we're going, well, we've beaten Fulham, who drew to Liverpool. We'd beaten... Um, Various teams who had get, got some unusual results against some top teams. And then we went, right, okay, well, October looks sticky for us. We need to get through October. We've got through October. November is a Nine difficult games. month for us. Nine, Nine games. Yeah, Dale, you're right. Oh, did we, we spoke about October, didn't we, Ferg? And how no. important it was. And we're so... we, we, no, we, we, we mentioned and said how much it was. We were just even looking at the league and we said... Uh, we talked about like um, Europa League as well, but we said get through that um, that that league fixtures, and then we can make a judgment. And then people say we have a horrible November, or we've got through the horrible November too. Okay, it's cut halfway short, but we, it's just like tick a box, tick a box. We're we're doing everything again. Not trying to get overexcited, but you know it's it's just gone really really well. Um, things we we talked about that we talk about afterwards. There's um, squad depth. I think we've done that to death. Uh, to a certain degree, and we'll probably talk about that more in January when transfers come up and so on. Um, the BBC, the BBC got scared of Arsenal fans, I believe, because the BBC, um, unfortunately, Tony Adams had to retire from an entertainment stroke dance show. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> no way was he bottom. No way was he bottom. They've said, "Oh, he wasn't." It was. Was he was injured. Though. Yeah. Yeah, what a load of rubbish! What a load of Listen, rubbish! Even my good wife, come, even my good wife, come along and said, "That's a fix." There's no way that he is bottom or he's injured. They just don't like that the Arsenal fans have mobilised with the following that we've got. We were going to break strictly. <laughs> yeah. Dale, were you doing your three votes? 
I was, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Never watched an episode of it, but no, I saw I mean... the Twitter campaign. I'd have to jump on it. Why wouldn't you? I didn't watch yeah. it. No, no eyes on it, Dale, but I voted every week. And so, <laughs> so did me, Missy. So did me, cat. So did me, dog. <laughs> I got five cats. <laughs> There's no way he was bombed. Fix. BBC, fix. Conned. Done. Yeah, and uh, it, uh, but there are some fans saying it's because there was no mobile phone signal around Molyneux, so, so the Arsenal fans at halftime couldn't vote. I reckon BBC just cut the pull the plug on the on, on the transmitter for for the mobile phone signal just that game so they could do, could do it. I just think it's really absolutely hilarious. It's just really show, funny it? to watch. Like yeah. Ewan's just put on there, my wife was going mental. It's like the amount of people were losing <laughs> their absolute mind on Twitter. Going, it's a dancing show. It's not this. It's disgusting. Oh, it was brilliant. It's that not, was just feeding It's not a even dancing more. show. None of them are trained dancers. It's they were trained dancers. The... Yes, it's just, it's just. Uh, Rumor is the Dan's other thing... going on next year. What's that? Rumor is Dan's going on next year. Yeah, they're oh, like short you... people on there now, don't they? So no, Dan's got the moves. Let me tell you, <laughs> when he's other people. He moves everywhere, left, right, down, up. Oh man! He'll need a flag though, won't he? He'll need a flag because yeah. he can't dance without his flag because that like raises him. You lift me up. <laughs> I can't do it without a circle around me, so I need you guys behind me telling me the words to shout. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need my co-host. Uh, right. The, the last thing to talk about is today. Um, the uh, is it the the heroes? Um, the heroes uh, rap was taken off the stadium. How do you guys feel about that? The 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 the, the Bastons, the Wilshires, the the various players around there. Trev, how do you feel about the rap coming off? Well, it, it needed renewing, and we've not seen what's going up yet. So maybe that they will give those uh, fine, amazing old ex players of ours some other kind of respect within the stadium somewhere. You'd like to think that. If they're not going to go outside, they, they could do something somewhere. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to jump to any conclusions until I see it done and finish, Fergus. And I'm also, if we're going to win the league, um, they can wrap it in whatever they want for me, to be honest, because I'm more worried about us being top of the league. Dale, thoughts on it? Uh, apparently they're, they're reserving it, aren't they, for the 2022-23 title winning team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they put up in the meantime. Oh yes! Oh, I love it. <laughs> I uh, um, think it is needed, if I'm totally honest, though, because if you if you look around, you know, very very old Trafford's filled in the corners. Spurs have built a new toilet. Liverpool's got a new stand to house some of their local homeless, and Everton's got a new stadium. It's going to look great in the Championship. So it's about time we also had a new stadium. <laughs> um, there is uh, a thing on, that came up on Twitter um, quite a while back which was um, the old um, East Stand facade being put uh, uh, on one of the, the fascias. What what would you think about wrapping it in Highbury? Not for me. Are you, ask, are you asking me? That, yeah, go on. I'll ask you then. Whoever wants to answer, I just left it open. Yeah, put the picture back up, Ferg. Okay. Please, of course. Yeah, I, I love that. It, it just shows the respect to our past and our our home as it was. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And to have the uh, Thierry Henry statue in front of it just tops it off for me nicely. I think, yeah, that'd do for me. Dale, um, what's your thoughts on it? I like it. 
I like it. Um, to be honest, I mean, anything that kind of depicts Highbury, then, then yeah, obviously it's only around the corner. It's always going to be home, isn't it? But uh, I like that. Um, I do like the old badge uh, at the bottom of there as well. I've got it tattooed on me. But uh, yeah, anything that kind of um, a bit reminiscent about Highbury, then yeah, go for it. I uh, I think not for me because for Highbury is unique and can never be replaced. So let's not try to replace it. But I think what would look great there, right in front of Thierry Henry, would be the crowd of the Spurs fans as he looks into it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> this is what I think we should wrap the stadium in. <laughs> Cut him. <laughs> um, yeah, that was me and Trev. Trev had bought beers. Look, there's, there's Trev again. You could do that with you, Trev, with two pints in your hand. And I've got the picture of you using a debit card in, in Holland. It was the one and only time. I don't have it on here. <laughs> I've had to have my hair cut off because my beautiful wife told me it was, there weren't enough of it to cover my head, so I had to wear it off. So that's it. I'd have to get my hair cut off. I'd love to have an so- air transplant. So, question: If if this did go outside the stadium, should it be outside with Thierry Henry, or should it be outside where Tony Adams is, Dennis Bergkamp is? Which statue should it be facing? Dan, you're out of the picture. You're not interested. So, Adele, let's go. I don't think. I mean, any one of the two, I'd take. I mean, they're both uh, uh, both legends of hybrid, aren't they? I don't think you could argue with either. If it, if that was the if it was going to be one of those two, and why? I don't think you could you could argue your case either way. But uh, I mean, I think that statue, that picture there, you had just uh, with Thierry Henry. I think it, it yeah, it, it sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, but at the same time, imagine Tony Adams' statue in front of that. It would look equally as good. Imagine that. That's all I'll say. I honestly would really love to see the the picture of the Spurs fans in front of the Henri statue. That would actually be great for me. What we yeah. we wouldn't or, or the Theo Walcott where he goes past passing the stretcher. Just to see Henri looking out at him with all their angry faces when he scored. Just just the every single time we get to the stadium, reminding of uh, the fact that he never lost to him. You see, Karen Karen's been had some great comments tonight. It's Karan, Karen. I'm very sorry if that's wrong. You see, I've always said that. For me, oh, that's um, a good shout. For me, well, for me, the best statue we could put outside the Arsenal next, and it'd look great underneath that wrap. I want a bench, right? I want a long bench, and I want Herbert Chapman, Bertie Mee, Jules Graham, and and uh, Arsene Wenger sat on this bench, right, having a chat outside the old marble halls. Our four greatest managers, and there may be a gap in the middle so people could sit on it and have their pictures taken. That for me, I've, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. All sat on a bench, all our best managers underneath that wrap would be absolutely perfect for me. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to see some of the the, the stuff that's planned, and um, it will impress many. Uh, it will also um, start a debate with others as well. So, but listen, the, as we all said, the stadium needs a refresh, um, and that's the most important thing. Uh, only one last thing to say before we go. Nah, let's do it. To be jolly, la 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 la. Don't be now our game of terror, la 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 la.
sing along if you know. As I walk these streets alone, through this borough I can roam upon the barren fields of ivory, beneath the stadiums of stone, through the turnstiles of the angel, see the owners on the green, from the Cali to the cross, and every shit's all in between. Past the church, the rocks that can crack them, and the off beyond the corner, see the brasses from the brothel, that pretends to be a stormer. Watch the bedroom and the bookies See the winners and the losers Seeking solace from their sorrow In the local battle cruisers Through the madness in the market Where the face is turned to regard Hello Babylon, happy mother Your eyes start to be like a guitar Double by a master liquor A double rose in the old chat Or watch retired gangsters bicker Every day an office chat the little fuckers causing trouble For the causes make you smile You meet your muckers for a couple Forget your troubles for a while From the funeral to the honey All the faces are the same Cause the matter might be changing But the people still remain You ready? In my head, I saw the title winning team on the pitch, him in the middle of the pitch. Could you imagine? Last home game of the season, that played after we lift the title. Yeah. Goosebumps but, or what? Do you know what, though? I was just going to say, before we shut Fergus, let's all, let's all give it a, like 30 seconds of what we'd like to see happen. For me, right, I'd love... This is, this is my ideal dream, right? And I thought about it today. They saved the Man City game till the last game of the season. Amazon put it off till the last game of the season. But when we play, right, when we play Man City at our place, we're four points clear. Right, so they give us a big guard of honour onto the pitch. We have just... Oh, that's out of order, Fergus. That's out of order. I'm taking you out. You're gone. You're gone. Piss off. There. Don't put me in charge. <laughs> I don't want it. Go, uh, go on. You have no, four points gone. I'm gone. gone. I'm gone. I'm not talking anymore. Four points gone. You sent me the clip. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That's out of order. You're bang out of order. Come on. Carry on then. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh, get lost, I mean. Dan, what do you hope for? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I just want you to, you to carry on. That'll be... That'll, that'll make me better. <laughs> you, know you know what the thing... I've, I've been supporting Arsenal for uh, 30 years now. And um, I've, I've, ne- I've never seen us um, 
win the league in the stadium. I, yeah, I was living in North London. We won in 90, uh, 98 and 2004, but not being in the stadium. Be quiet. Um, and I just, I'd love to witness it. I just love to be there. My kids were young and I wasn't able to go down and down Upper Street when we used to celebrate down Upper Street on on, on, on front of uh, the, the town hall. I, I just... I, it would just be amazing. And as Trev said in the WhatsApp group, I'm booking a hotel. I'm staying in London for four days because I, I won't be able to go home. I, I think that's the truth of it. It's just I'm going to be sitting around my brothers and be very drunk for about four days. And I got my bet on still. So I've got my beer money sorted. Right. On that note, Del, thank you very, very much for joining us, mate. Uh, it's Thanks been a pleasure as always. Um, you run a Facebook group. Tell anybody in the in the area that wants to join your Facebook group where to find them. Yeah, anybody around Peterborough and surrounding areas, we do have the the Peterborough Gooners um, unofficial group. Um, feel free to to come along anytime and um, follow me on Twitter as well. That includes you, Dan. You're not following me back yet. How do I not? <laughs> I, told, I don't know people. <laughs> it's not Steve. It's Dell, by the way. <laughs> oh god! I'll find you, mate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, if you want to find uh, Capo Dan AFC, he's normally standing beside me, beer in hand, flag over his shoulder, and uh, he um, he's block five, block six, aren't you, Dan? Well, not officially, but unofficially. Well, it's now my it's now my seat. So, um, if you do follow me, can you let me know who you are, just so I know who I'm talking to? Because clearly, I've got no clue. <laughs> and uh, our, our rogue Father Christmas up top. Um, <laughs> Trev, thank you very much for joining us as always, mate. And yeah. we will do some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we will do some stuff over over the um, over the, the six week period. Um, I'm sure, but we'll probably have a a week off just to recharge and stuff like that. It's been it's it's been quite full on the amount of podcasts that we've had to do and stuff. But thank Got you, England, the World Cup. Oh, yeah, don't forget that. Uh, this is an Arsenal podcast, and I'm an Irishman, but I will be supporting England. Don't worry, I will be supporting England. Won't be supporting the Welsh. Uh, oh Christ! I've just alienated about five sheep, haven't I? Oh dear. Do you know what? <laughs> do you know what? That we that we all want England to do really well, right? But I'd love to see England do well in the World Cup, but I can't get infused about it, mate. I can't get infused about it. I'm struggling, really struggling with it. So as Fergus said, rather than just chat about it with no. With you know, with no guts about you, just we're an Arsenal podcast. We are the Arsenal. We're top of the league. You know, and if you do like what we're doing, we've had quite a few in and out of the um, the chat and uh, following us on on viewing figures. Um, click on the on the on the bell uh, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you listen on audio, because this is available on all the audio platforms, just take a second to go onto YouTube and just click on there. We're, we're, we've got a, an internal target of ourselves, well, me, um, to try and get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube by, by Christmas. So you've got six weeks, and I need about 200 of you. So come on, jump on and, and tell your mates. Tell all the Peterborough Gooners to join as well, Dale. Ferg, we, we, we've got to just mention we've been very naughty because you and is it the nail on the head here. The women are still playing the football. They're unbeaten. They're top of the league. They're going great in the Women's Champions League and they're playing at the Emirates while this break is on. So we need to mention that and uh, get behind our ladies. They're attracting some some big crowds to the Emirates and uh, they're playing some good fo football in the ladies' leagues. They are indeed. Uh, my brother's gone there. He's bringing my two nieces as well uh, and I think he's taking his wife as well. So yeah, it's there's uh, good attendance. They've opened up part of the upper tier as well, which is really good. Uh, ben, we will enjoy the Christmas. Uh, everyone else enjoy uh, Christmas. Um,
So, um, yeah, 30,000 tickets sold uh, for that. So, yeah, we'll enjoy the Christmas and we'll see you probably with some stuff in between Christmas, between now and, and Christmas. Um, I was chatting to a couple of people beforehand. We just need to try and firm up some stuff. But uh, something along the lines of the creators, uh, community uh, creatives that um, we've done uh, in the summer, we might follow on from that theme. Um, but, yeah, thanks very much. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.